0: Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. And this week's topic is going to be what to do when everything goes wrong.
1: So, we're looking at particularly the COVID 19 virus, but this applies also to hurricanes, volcanoes, tornadoes, wildfire, a tree falling on your building. <laughs> any of those kinds of situations. Basically anything
0: We're... that's unexpected that might put your program in a in a pause status, that could be for a day, it could be for a week, it could be for a couple of months. So what do you do? So Carrie, tell me a little bit about what's going on currently with COVID-19 in the state of Texas specifically. We do realize that we have listeners all around the country. And so we'll address some of those on a national uh, case. But we really hope that what you do is listen to kind of some of the ideas we have and apply them in your program today.
1: So, right now, according to Johns Hopkins University, there are 670 confirmed cases in Texas. So, that's jumped over 100 cases since I went to bed last night. It's growing very rapidly. In Texas, the governor has chosen to not do super stringent closures, um, which is getting mixed feedback from people. Um, because all but six million of the people in Texas live in those five areas that he was saying are highly impacted, which is our, our five big metros. <laughs> um, so centers are choosing to close because they want to close based on what's being recommended in other states. There are centers closing because they can't get staff. And in Texas, you can't allow somebody to go into a classroom until they've had their fingerprint background check done and the fingerprint background check places are closed. Uh, um, There are places that are still open, but they're concerned they're going to have to close because of the rationing of food products. Uh, and there are programs that are open and running as normal. And there are programs that are open and they've slid their enrollment from their current clients because a lot of parents are choosing to stay home to we will take anybody who is an essential worker because we've got enough staff and we've got enough supply. So I guess that's five different ways that centers are and Registered Family Homes are approaching this situation.
0: All right. So if you were in a situation and you are a child center that falls into one of these uh, five brackets. Do you have a first step suggestion for them as far as communicating their program status with parents?
1: I mean, you've got to be super, super transparent with them and you've got to communicate in all the different ways that you have been communicating with parents in the past. So if you've been using an app like Hi Mama, you need to be communicating through there. If you have a Facebook page, you need to be communicating there. If you send them emails, you need to be communicating there. Whatever communication tools you've been using in the past, letters that go home to parents at the end of the day, you have to use all of those methods, all of them, and maybe additionally phone calls to people you haven't heard from.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking here, Carrie, is that we are in a situation where everything is unpredictable. And in Central Texas, uh, and a lot of Texas, we were currently just now in spring break. So some programs might have actually been closed last week for spring break anyway. And yeah. if you were not proactive over the course of the last week, cause you were kind of maybe nervous, you didn't know exactly where things were going because things changed literally hour by hour. So if you had made plans <laughs> yeah. last Monday for how you were going to deal with this week by uh, Tuesday, that had to change <laughs> by Wednesday that well, had to
1: change. So let's talk a little bit about, so Hang on, about... I want to, let me, let me circle back to that because I actually talked to the director of a program on saturday and she had her plan for what was going to happen today monday and then uh she called me sunday because she had to change her plans because in the intervening hours one of two people associated with her program had been notified that they had been exposed so it was the weekend she can't call you know nobody at the health department is answering calls so she can't open monday because she's waiting to hear from the health department what is the guidance when people associated with her program, I believe it was one staff member and one parent, have been exposed but they have not yet received testing. So it's going that quickly. You can have a plan in place and then you get a call and then you've got to wait to hear from the health department. And that's where we come
0: back to how important it is to communicate and be transparent with your parents. So let's just look a little bit. So right now we're talking it is March 23rd. There's a strong possibility that you have collected your tuition for the month of March. Right now, through the end of March, your staff should be getting paid, and you need to be delegating and incorporating your staff into some of this work. Staff okay. That you have... but what about what about the programs that pay weekly? Okay, let's finish the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So if you are a program that pays monthly and your parents have paid, they are expecting services through the end of the month and you want to be able to support your staff through the end of the month. But that doesn't mean that everything Carrie's just talked about needs to be entirely you. So basically work with your staff, help them, help them understand the situation. If you have some staff that are just incredibly anxious, they may not be the staff you want to have phone calls with your parents parents, (laughs) they might be the email, voicemail, uh, they might be the staff that are in the building scrubbing every surface. Please don't take this all on yourself. Please reach out to your staff, delegate, um, or in my case, delegate, because I get to be funny today. That's as close as I can get. And encourage them to help you. Uh, Have them reach out to their parents, explain, give them talking points. So please make sure you write up talking points for your staff so that Every staff is saying the exact same thing and there's no miscommunication. Encourage parents if they've got questions to contact you. Make it clear to your parents that you are paying your staff at least through March 31st, if that's how your program is paid. All right, so Carrie brought up another point of view. (laughs) So I'm gonna let Carrie answer how to handle those programs that are paid weekly and some ideas we have for you there.
1: So if you've got weekly paid programming, um, which I would say, not quite half, but a good portion of the centers do that. Part of what we've got to do is figure out what, you know, our funding sources are doing. So I'm sure you guys have all been calling your funding sources for any funding you have outside of parent payments. But if you are... In a weekly pay situation, you've got a lot of options. Um, I've been keeping up with what's happening both here in the States and in other countries. So whether your monthly pay and you're looking at April and being closed in April or your weekly pay, if you want parents to keep paying you, you've got to keep providing services.
0: Well, what do you mean by and services, Carrie? I guess I don't understand. I mean, if, if they're watching their own children at home, what do you mean?
1: Well, the parents are typically not mentally <laughs> prepared for for the amount of energy that those kids can put out for weeks and weeks and weeks one or two weeks at Christmas or a week at spring break yeah they can handle it but most of them are working too so they need activities (laughs) they need to know how to make play-doh I I know this seems very basic to us because most childcare centers make play-doh at least occasionally but there's so many people who've never made bread and so how you need the play-doh so that the flour is all nice and incorporated they may not know how to do. So you may need to do a video tutorial on how to make Play-Doh and then give them five different Play-Doh recipes.
0: Well, so Carrie, Um, I have a question. Where would be places? I mean, is this something that we should be expecting our staff to help do? Are there other places
1: where we can help parents get this
0: together quickly?
1: I think you should expect your staff to do it, um, but they should be paid for doing it. Again, part of what we're trying to do is retain our staff, especially in states that have rules like Texas, where you can't get somebody into the classroom until they've gone through background check and eight hours of pre-service it's incredibly hard to get new staff so even if we can't pay them full we can pay them something if they are doing some lesson plans for parents if they're pulling together worksheets if they're giving them a recipe um so texas director is actually going to be sending out once a day some resources for parents that you can just pass on through <laughs> to the parents so um, so they'll be a, so curious, a- gonna be and an activity okay
0: so are we gonna do that just so people know where to find that is that going to be on the Texas director Facebook page are we going to send that out to only our directors um, what do you think is the best way uh, in our case to communicate with our clients because this is something that as a business owner or a manager so if you're if you're a director of a child care program you need to think about what is the best way to share information that you would then hope others might share
1: yeah so I'm i am putting some basic information out on our Facebook page so that anybody can use it. And then I'm putting a little bit more in depth in an email that's going out to our paying clients Because I think everybody needs some information, but again, people who are giving me money, I'm giving them a little bit more. And I think you can do the same thing. You can put it on your website. If you have a public Facebook page or a a public Instagram account, you can put it there. And um, let's make sure, okay, real quick. And put put more stuff on the private conversation communication to your client. And the other thing
0: you might really think hard about doing, and I know this is probably the last thing on your mind, but right now so many people are on their social media. Uh, when you're posting things to your social media, try really hard to brand it to your program. So when Carrie sends things out, um, if it's things that she expects you to then send out to your parents, she's going to leave Lego Lego free, ha ha ha, logo free, because we want you to be able to put your logo, um, make this document a PDF so that it is your with your logo and then turn around maybe make it a JPEG Um, if you're not sure how to do that uh, give us a call send us an email we'll be happy to help you convert stuff but it's pretty easy to do a save as a JPEG and that way as people are sharing it with their own community all of a sudden more people are at home with their children and so they might share it with their faith community who may not originally have been part of your clientele so although you are not able to provide a traditional service as a child care program please don't forget to make sure that people know that your program is the program that's helping and the kids are going to love to hear yeah. story time from their teachers and those would be things that you would send um, directly to those classroom families so in your uh, toddler classroom if the toddler teacher could read seven or eight books even in one day you can send out that one video and encourage the parents to just show maybe one
1: story a day um, but those are some things to think Yeah, and you can again use the apps you're already using or you can set up a zoom classroom or you can set up a secret facebook group on a secret facebook group nobody can search for it you have to be invited and you have to be approved so there is some copyright concerns about reading books and having it just on your regular facebook page or on a youtube channel it needs to be in something where people have to have specific access um scholastic is reducing, relaxing their enforcement on that. But if you're not going to be prepared to take it down as soon as the problem is over, then I would just put it in some place where you have to have invited access so that you don't have copyright issue. Again, CYA, this is a thing I talk about all the time, cover your assets. Yes,
0: we really do want you to cover your assets and we are thinking about you. Uh, we are trying to come up with strategies to help you to encourage your parents to want to continue to uh, pay their commitment, but this is comes back to us talking about being transparent and I really that no program really wants to talk to their families about how they might be running in the equivalent of a paycheck to paycheck scenario and um, that is a whole other topic and trust me we'll talk about that later in the year but right now what we want you to do is to make sure that you communicate with parents that you have utilities and rent or mortgages to pay and if you're paying your staff so if you're paying your staff and you have them working communicating creating programs creating products to send out to families, then hopefully your families will understand the need to continue to pay their tuition. But you have to talk to them. Um, They aren't going to know. They're going to post things to Facebook and Facebook neighborhood groups that I can't believe my child care center is still charging me and I
1: have to watch my own kid. And if you're not providing a service, they have a reason to be outraged. But if you have a time in the morning that the teachers are interacting with the kids and maybe you're giving them a Lego building challenge and you're doing the reading a story and maybe you're doing other circle time activities in the morning and then in the afternoon the teachers are available to be a resource to parents who are going, okay, my kid was completely potty trained and in the past three days they've had five accidents. What is going on? And your teachers can explain, well, this is a stressful time and they're outside of their routine. My suggestion is that you set up a routine It doesn't have to be linked to a a clock, but it needs to have, we're going to do this and then this and then this. And so maybe even creating, you know, little icons that they can print out and hang on the wall so that their children know, aha, after breakfast, we're going to log on to the computer and have circle time. And then we're going to have block building time. And then we're going to go outside. You know, if you can give them those images so that they can have a a visual schedule at their home, again. That is a service you can provide so, that will help them to understand why they're continuing. Well, and to I pay have a
0: you. question for programs that might have a high population of families that live in apartments or families that might not have a whole lot of the resources that a childcare facility has, and maybe they would normally get those from the library. So, right now, you are in a small apartment, you don't have a lot of things because you would normally get your books from the library, and you can't even go to the playground in your neighborhood or in your local park. What are some suggestions for the director to help them address that with their staff? So one of my concerns and in older kids, a lot of my concerns right now are related to digital divide as far as households that do not have access to technology, uh, internet or Wi-Fi or even really smart smartphones. So think through your families and think through their resources.
1: Carrie, do you have suggestions? I mean, one of the things is that there are some people who like oh well we're doing all this stuff on the computer okay well if there's only one computer and there's five people in the household how are they doing all that and do they have a printer at home a lot of people don't so yes helping them figure out you know telling them okay so do a scavenger hunt here's here's five different scavenger hunts for this week (laughs) you can write this down on paper and then go do this scavenger hunt how to set up an obstacle course so that if it's a gross yucky day and they don't have rain boots and a rain coat, how can they get some physical energy out by what is an age-appropriate obstacle course for a toddler versus an eight-year-old? What are... (laughs) How to make drop games. I made so many materials early in my life because I didn't, my program didn't have any money and I wanted the kids to have all kinds of activities to do. So I made drop games for toddlers and I made hammer tables for toddlers and I made file folder games for preschoolers and I cut up so many National Geographic systems. But again, funny. my question so... comes back to think about how
0: you're going to, as a director, how, what you need to tell parents they need as far as the supply. So what I've seen a lot of programs do recently, Carrie, is create basic A to go bag that would have all the supplies. Yes. So, um, construction paper even scissors even glue and you create a weekly to-go bag for those parents to come over and they pick up a brown paper bag full of supplies you have all the supplies they're sitting in your closet perhaps maybe coming up with there might be materials that you might be able to give to people for a week and you can use them personally as a lending library and then when they come back on friday you clean them you sterilize them so obviously you're not going to give away things that can't be cleaned and sterilized so um so think that through as a program Um,
1: yeah yeah, um, a lot. That is definitely a, a good suggestion. And, you know, even if your toddlers use scissors at your center, I probably wouldn't send toddler scissors to most, program, most parents. I would wait and send it to, you know, the threes, fours and fives. But construction paper, scissors, glue, small things of Play-Doh and, and glue. I would do glue sticks if at all possible. Again, that recipe for making goop recipes for making play-doh um how to make homemade paint um you can send them with um watercolor tap those little watercolor sets that have the eight watercolors but again your toddlers your infants that's not going to work for them so homemade play-doh uh homemade paint and again you can send some of that home if you have gallons and gallons of washable tempera paint you can put them in small containers and send them with the parents because they probably do have q-tips or cotton balls so that the kids can still paint, even if they don't have paint brushes. I've seen programs do, here 20 different things to do with Legos or Duplos and things like and that. And right now... And
0: you can send
1: yeah, those Yeah, and home. so
0: right now, if your population and your um, program is diverse or you have a lot that live in apartments, uh, remember that although they may not be able to go to the playground, they still need to go outside. And so that's where outdoor scavenger hunts come into play. Um, encourage kids to go outside all day. Every day, as much as you can, supervised. <laughs> so, again, maybe that is something that you need to discuss with your program as understanding uh, what child supervision is in a family with a lot of kids or with mom and dad now working from home. So, um, as as a director, uh, make I sure that know, you're talking about some of that as well.
1: Um, I do know of one program that has closed, but they have kept two people on site and they have sent out a playground schedule to all the parents so that the kids can come and use the playground. And then the person who's on site sanitizes the playground after each use. And so they've given specific 20 minute increments to um, what a, what
0: a wonderful um, opportunity and a way to use your um, facility and assets. I know that you had even talked to uh, some businesses and other people who are really trying to figure out how to help others about renting and using um, commercial kitchens in China. Child care centers. So think about all the things you have in your child care center that could be used either as just community goodwill or that you might be able to figure out how to offset some of your expenses right now. Uh, but the more services you can provide to your families in this situation, the better. So create to go bags, um, have your teachers go online and tell stories and do um, circle time activities. I mean, I love the ideas that Carrie has and we We are looking forward to continuing to get more stories from you. Um, We are at 24 minutes and so we're trying to um, uh, respect
1: your time. So I just want to say communicate with us, send in your ideas, send in your questions. We may do another one of these off-the-cuff podcasts that aren't as well edited and put together. This will actually be the first podcast for a lot of you guys to hear us because we're publishing it in an unusual format but communicate with us guys ask your questions there are no stupid questions I've had people ask all kinds of questions how are you you know how are you getting new batteries for your temporal scanner thermometer I mean (laughs) please feel free to reach out to us thank you for listening to colorful clipboards connect with us on social media at colorful clipboard or send us an email to hello at colorful clipboards
0: Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing
1: programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.